Thank you, Janet Lee. Wow. Those are really favorites, and they do cling to your memory. And what, what a wonderful style of spirit in your songs. Thank you. God bless you. And hello, everybody. Here we are. This is the day that the Lord has made. There's so much of interesting stature and interesting nature to reveal to you today. It is surely and truly a time of living revelation. And I just praise and I just thank the Lord our God for our growing number of followers and for the people who have been so faithful to follow and are so, so wrapped up uh, in the joy of, of hearing this word. We soon, you know, are going to be um, launched uh, into what is, for most people, uncharted realms. Um, you know, some have visioned the God that was. A few have visioned the God that is. But only a select number have visioned the God that is to come. Dear God, show us these uncharted heavens, that we may go there and make maps for others to follow. Some people join themselves to failures. Some people join themselves to sorrows. Some people join themselves to resolutions of an unhappiness. But David said, As for me and my house, we have joined ourselves unto the Lord. Blessed be the name of God. Well, in the middle of the 1980s, I received a prophecy prior to the launch of the Voyager. And this prophecy mentioned that the United States was going to use nuclear engines in their space rockets. And at that time, people thought that prophecy was just absolutely ridiculous. But I gave it anyway. It was written and sent out to our followers. Well, it seemed there's been such a hush-hush on that subject. It seemed that, that that was a prophecy that just didn't happen. But I knew that it was a true prophecy because God gives these things to me and they do come to pass. Just recently, there was a an edit, or in case you misunderstand how edit is being used, there was a, a, a writ that was given about the Voyager, which was launched in the, um, the middle 1980s. And uh, it has been used as a probe to go past certain planets and various uh, kind of uh, asterisms uh, uh, that was wanted to be known by the astrologer uh, the um, the astronomers pardon me and and uh, so it's, it was very very interesting at this time uh, all these years later from the 19 roughly 85 to 
2013. That's a lot of years. And this ship spacecraft is now in its first speed of light day. And it's truly into, to uh, call it international, whatever you want to call it, universal space. And they revealed, I think almost by accident, that this Voyager ship would only be able to continue in its journey for two more years because by that time, its atomic fuel would run out. And it's the first time it's ever really been revealed that I know of that the Voyager was equipped with an atomic engine using atomic fuel. So the prophecies and the word of God is real. And God is going to take us on a journey. And we're, we're talking about this coming journey into the energy dot trip that will take us to the edge of the always. Once I wrote something along this line, from flashes to flashes, from waves to waves, we will go into the soundtrons and energy dots and give revival, revive essence to retrocognition. Cognition has to do with the, the ability of the brain, and retro means going back into time. And this re revitalization of the essence of retrocognition our retrocognition uh, <clears throat> is going to be an incredible trip. That which is of a great past will come again. Anti-nothingless will rise, causing nothingless to be seen in its true re reduction, yet at, at its once true disposition. The Bible, shining as a galaxy of heavenly stars, will open. His secret codes will speak again through the once lost language of Akka. Then said I, let intelligence speak, for the Lord has given me a thinking place. Therefore I shall go to read the message of the signs illustrated by the stars of the heavens. Psalms 19, 1-6 As I look into the star rise of my mind, I will see the, the flashing scroll of the energy dot. And as it begins to unroll as breaths from the world of ages, as the word of God of the history begins to roll out of it, stars configuring signs of language in stellar tales, will tell stories arranged in magnificent array for those who wish to see by the light that shines from above. So I will yearn with my eyes until that day when they will be filled with starry wonders, when their unfolding of unfolds will reveal themselves among 
shining orbs of suns. And as I look far, far away at, that co- at the cosmic speck of earth, and I begin to enter the beyond of the beyond, and all those that are with me also enter it, it will be a flare to our eye ship, not of common vision. We will see the mighty constellation of Drago. And we will literally have an adventure in a super spiritual kind of way as we begin to see these stars stretched out over the north. And due to their geographical design collectively and symbolically are called Drago, the Dragon Constellation. People will say after this journey in the energy dot, as I said earlier at the beginning as I started, this is the day that the Lord has made. Wow. Last week we talked about in order to discover the word in a deep way, Paul talks about this deep word of God. We are called to knock. We are called to seek. We are called to ask. And then we have to mine it and, and trench and we have to dig it and then offer the proofing of that dig by establishing the Bible's cont- contextuality and to as we are told in addition to Thessalonians 5.21 that said to prove it we are told to study to show ourselves a workman that needs not to be ashamed we have Wonderful, wonderful, incredible opportunities that the Lord is calling us into. We are being delivered from the people masses who are bored. Okay, wow. In history and in science, there have been many occasions that it was thought, expected, or calibrated for the existence of certain events to have happened or for there to be certain supposed uh, cases for the actuality. But without proof, those things seem to remain non-existent. But think of all the things that that have existed for eons and eons of time, but that was thought to be non-existent because they did not have any way of proving it. For instance, this thing about the spin, S-P-I-N. Well, spin is a property, a property. And I want to show you that spin is a property that some of the the legend angels have. It's also a property of all nuclear particles. 
that belong to the physical world. All nuclear particles are in, involved in having the property of the spin. Well, the spiritual spin is the seventh confirmation of angelship. Because the spiritual spin allows revolving of the information of the mind. And so we see in the scripture how that the incredible revelation revealed to Ezekiel in chapter 1, beginning with verse 4, talks about this whirlwind, this spin, the whirlwind that comes out of the north. After that whirlwind, after that spin, Ezekiel was able to see what really no other prophets before him had seen. He saw the cherubims riding in this spinning wheel in the middle of a wheel. He describes that in the first and tenth chapter. But many other awesome things he saw from this spinning example example or spinning experience why even in Acts 2 or pardon me yeah Acts 2 1 through 2 we see that people are called and nurtured to move up to a higher level and that higher level when it does come in Acts 2 1 through 2 is a rushing mighty wind even in Job 38, 1, it took this spinning experience for Job to see air, some areas that he had miscalculated and he was erred in. But in that scripture, it says that this whirling, rushing, turning, twirling wind came. And out of it spoke the voice of God and told Job, listen to what I have to say. Well, exactly what does that mean? Well, the, the subsequent ones called angels, the authentic ones, who live having mortal tears of spirituality, that's T-I-E-R-S. Or as we explained last week, dignitaries who are overcoming and merging with exalted human bodies which as said are called dignitaries. And last week we mentioned about the fall upwards. And how that the guardian angels, Matthew 18.10, are always beholding the face of Jesus Christ. Well, we want to talk about this face of Jesus Christ. Especially as we think about it in terms of Matthew 17.2 of the transfiguration. And how his face changed and he became other representatives. Like Elijah and Moses. And... We see in Micah 5.2 how that in this little Bethlehem area came forth 
this incredible figure who is called Jesus the Christ. And how all these things tie in to revelations that exonerate some things of the past, but also debunk other things taught in the past. Wow. We are moving beyond the demagogues. We are moving into the momentum of the glories of God and where we can come into that understanding of this seventh confirmation of which the Bible des describes it as a day in which the sun will shine seven times brighter than ever before. We know this is not a physical thing, but we know it is a, a figurative, metaphorical thing describing an incredibly spiritual event. There are things that people have not seen, have not known, years and years ago. In fact, even before Scientific America on November 2005, wrote this statement. I had an understanding and a revelation of it. And that is, is that when a woman becomes pregnant, that the fetus has cells that sometime will wander off into the bloodstream of the mother and then eventually go to the mother's brain and can become a nervous system cell or can enter a mother's blood in humans and often do and remain there for 74 uh, pardon me, correct that. Remained there for 27 or more years after the birth of the child. These cells are like stem cells. They can become other kinds of cells and in theory can help repair damaged cells. I've done Jin Tao with mothers who needed a healing or needed a healing for one of their children, even if they were growing up, by doing a, a transplanting of, of that fetus blood cell that is capable of being a stem cell. And the potential of it is just absolutely incredible. Now, this seventh confirmation of the angels, the seventh confirmation, you know, has a lot to say about the subsequent ones called angels, the authentic ones, with their 
mental tears of spirituality. They are not inconclusionary or just esoteric in their ways of thinking. They don't rumble around in, in those guest slots. They don't play games with stay, states and stages of life as though it were a guesswork. They have overcome the feedback loop that happens in nature. They are not overcome or subject to the shadow of morphic resonance that abounds everywhere on this planet Earth. And they aren't living at the speed of life. Let me repeat that. They are not living at the speed of life. They are living beyond the speed of life. They are beyond the emerging world news. Blessed be the name of God. I talked about the one prophecy and revelation of the atomic engine and how that this Voyager is going to be running out of atomic fuel in a couple of years as it travels through, through open space. Not too long ago, I did a teaching about how that when one thing is open for one class of people, like the spiritual people, then it also opens that gate for the anti-spiritual persons. And how that when Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming, coming of the Son of Man, two will be at, uh, uh, at the mill wheel, one will be taken, one will be left, two will be doing this, one will be taken, one will be left, and there will be a meeting in the air, and the angels will gather them together. And how that that happened, as it was in the days of Noah, that happened back then, but we also shared that, that Lucifer, Satan, also transported a good-sized group of the, of, the, of the giants in their kindred. And first he took them to Mars. And then the cherubim and seraphims went to battle with him, Lucifer, and chased him out from Mars where they had made underground uh, living places in uh, of giant caves and holes on Mars. And that there was left there the rod of Lucifer Satan because of the rush of getting away. Well, just recently they showed this picture on the news of this huge hole and they say there are others that have been found and they could see by the way that the light was in it 
that there was like a, a deep cavern that went into this hole into Mars. And they say this is one of the things that they're going to want to, want to, to check out. They're going to want to send, uh, you know, astronauts. And they're training astronauts even now about going into caves. They're getting, they're getting cave training. How to do that along with their space feats. Wouldn't that be interesting if someday they find the rod of Satan? All right, let's move on. Now, there's a thing that happened in the Bible that is just absolutely incredulous. I'm going to get into that. I've got so much to share. But one of the things that Jesus taught his disciples and those who would listen to his word, he said, when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we've shown you that this word heaven as described in the book of Genesis and as referred to in the book of Genesis how that in Genesis chapter 1-7 God made the firmament divided it from the waters above to the waters below and verse 8 God called the firmament heaven. Now I guess the Translators wanted to emphasize that this physical atmospheric thing, the sky that had the air still and oxygen where people could breathe and live, that it was indeed called heaven. They made that in King James a capital H, not making it the heaven of heavens, but showing that there was something very, very unusual and spiritual about that because the descriptiveness of this is that it is a physical thing separating physical water from physical water. And so we have shown that there are, there are planets that have atmospheres that have air. And the Bible says that when the people are raptured up, the meeting is going to be in the air. So these people are physically going to be taken that are the living people. They are physically going to be taken to a place of air, of breathing, oxygen. And that is so important. But the thing that is really relative and really important is the understanding that Jesus said, when you pray, here's how I want you to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. There's a regard to the Father. There's a regard <clears throat> to the location. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Well, what is happening through these revelations, through these manifested revelations of God? Is this meaning of the Lord's Prayer is being revealed. It's being revealed as to what the meanings of the Lord's Prayer is all about. It has physical consequences for deliverance and it has spiritual consequences for deliverance. So there are benefits on the physiological level. But there are also major benefits in the spiritual heights. So what is it that God is really wanting us to know about our Father which art in heaven? Well, Jesus in the 14th chapter of John says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. I'd go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Well, turn with me into the Bible and let's first look at Chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, verse 51. Jesus is just getting his ministry started here. And he is, he is speaking to like Philip and Nathaniel. And he says in the 51st verse, Verily I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now I want you to keep that verse glued in your mind because it ties in to a happening that happened back in the Old Testament where a man of God experienced a place called Bethel, which means house of the Lord. Bethel, E-L, that's got the Lord's name in it. House of the Lord. But that experience was connected with something that ties into what Jesus said here. Jesus said this before the the experience of taking his disciples up to the Mount of Transfiguration. When he does take his disciples up to the Mount of Transfiguration, something unexpected, something superb, something beyond the beyond, in the concourses of revelation and the concourses of magnification and in the concourses of manifesting happens. And we are going to share this and look into this. I'm sure before this whole teaching is finished, you'll feel like shouting. 
We know that in Isaiah 51, verse 16, that it is written, I have put my words in thy mouth. I have covered thee in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. There is to be a connection in this prophecy that tells, on the one hand, that the heavens are going to be planted with human life. But there is specifically being shown and revealed a specific revelation of a connection which really ties in to this verse 51. Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. We are really going to open up that revelation here in a little bit because it will be nothing less than ultimately exciting. And so this Isaiah 51.16 tells about foundations. Jesus said there's no other foundation said this through the Holy Spirit. And this is a ministered thing by God's people. There is no other foundation that can be laid except the foundation of Jesus Christ. Exactly what is the meaning of that foundation? Exactly what is the meaning of the house of the Lord? Exactly where is the house of the Lord? There are so many different locations, it seems, that have been on earth. Where is, the, where is it that those metaphors point to? Well, we're going to take a break, and then you're going to have an opportunity to hear these incredible things. God bless you as Janet comes and plays the organ.
Thank you again, Janet Lee. And here we go. Wow. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 28. And here we have a story about Jacob as he is on his journey of escape. And he stops at this certain place described in Genesis 28:16 And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not And he was afraid and said how dreadful is this place Now a lot of these words like dreadful and and terrible uh, have opposite meanings in, in uh, language now. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Now, this place, as it mentions it in verse 19, is, he calls it Bethel. But the name of the city was called Lutz at the first. But let's really examine what is being said here. Let's really examine it. Jacob awakes out of his sleep, which also means he awakes out of the dream that he had, a very significant dream. And we find that in, the, in Genesis 28, verse 12. And he, meaning Jacob, dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. Some Bibles call it staircase. But ladder is actually a, a truer name because it has to do with divine lattice. And Jesus said, the net You know, he says, is likened unto the kingdom of God. You cast out this net and it's likened unto the kingdom of God. Understanding that that net is just like a lattice. And so that is very, very important. It's sometimes in the manifest called the crystal lattice. Not in the sense of actual crystal itself, but in the sense of what crystal stands for in its transparency, and in its communication capabilities. Now he dreams, and behold, this lattice, this ladder. This ladder is set up on the earth. Yeah, I want you to get this. It's on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. Now remember what Jesus said. I read to you in John, the first chapter and the 51st verse. And he, meaning Jesus, meaning, meaning Jesus saith unto him, Verily, 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 I say unto you, hereafter you shall see the see heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What did he mean? How does that correlate? How does that connect 
with this incredible experience of this ladder or staircase or lattice that is set up on the earth but reaches all of the way to heaven. And in the 16th through 19th verses of the same 28th chapter of Genesis, when Jacob awakes after having that dream, and he says, oh, this dream is incredible. Surely the Lord is in this place. What is this place? This opening of the mind, of this revelation, of the ladder reaching from earth all the way to heaven, and angels ascending and descending on that ladder. And he says, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. In the Hebrew, the word means opening. This is an opening, an aperture, a, a passageway to heaven. And that's what that staircase would be, a passageway to heaven. And Jesus says, when you pray, pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what this message is about today. It's about the Father. It's about the Father's house. It's about understanding John 14 and John 10. Other sheep I have that are not of this Abrahamic fold. Other sheep I have. Who are those other sheep? Where are they? They were taken up in that first rapture rev resurrection, so to speak, by the angels of God. They were taken up to this place that this staircase from heaven to, or from earth to heaven, is depicting, where angels are are being described, and, and, and this is so important, of ascending and descending. I think it's important that ascending is mentioned first, then descending is mentioned after. They first ascend, and then in this Father's house, they get the instructions, they get the training, the, the schooling, to be able to descend back to the earth and minister to the earth. And so we see that ties in to Isaiah 51.16 about to lay the foundations on earth and plant the heavens, the ladder touching the earth, ascending to the heaven our heavens, and this connection to the Father's house, from the earth to the Father's house. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, the foundation as it is in heaven. It's all connected. It's all beautiful. Then Jesus decides to take his disciples on a very unusual experience. 
And we're going to get into that. Turn to Mark 3. <clears throat> the Gospel of Mark 3. You know, the revelation of the Bible is awesome when it's opened. But when it's not opened and it's a closed book, there's a lot of people that get very confused reading it. But God doesn't want you to continue to be confused. He wants you to be able to know the truth because the truth will set you free. Now, in Mark 3, verse 13, there is the revelation of all times. It is absolutely incredible. And I know there will be people that will challenge what it actually says. But listen to what it really says. Chapter 3, verse 13, And he, meaning Jesus, goeth up into a mountain, and he calleth unto him whom he would. Not everybody he's calling up there. And they came unto him. They were selected to come up to that mountain. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. Simon, he surnamed Peter. And you remember it was Peter that unto Peter was given the key. It's very, very important keeping all of this together. Now after he surnames um, you know, Simon Peter, which means rock. Then he goes on, and and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, and he surnamed them Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder. Now there is a a wall of differentiation between Peter and James and John. And they are surnamed Boanerges which is or which means the sons of thunder. Now, I've heard all kinds of interpretations of this. And what they tried to do is say, well, these two disciples had uh, tempers and, and uh, they uh, were gotten into trouble. They had a tendency to cause trouble. And, uh, you know, they were uh, sort of fast to argue. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. That is totally incorrect. This same John that is talking about here is the John that wrote the book of Revelations. His 
whole life, the thing that he talked about was the love of God. Until the day that that he passed on at, at, the, at, at the age of almost 100 years old. I mean, he outlived all the other disciples. It's so important. Peter had a lot of problems with him. But Jesus said to him, you know, when he says, well, what about this other, this other apostle, this one that, you know, you love so much? He said, what's that that he... Peter, you go on with the message and the, and the ministry I've given you. You have the keys to it, and I named you for that ministry. What's it to you if, Paul, if, if John lives to the end of all these things I'm talking about? How that the city Jerusalem would, would, and, and the temple would be destroyed? How that terrible destruction would come on the people of Israel by this army that would come, which was the army of Rome, which it did happen in 70, in 70 AD. John lived beyond that. And he moved over, over to, and this is very interesting, Asia Minor. Like the, where this Ephesus and some of those cities were. Well, what's going on here? Let's read it again. This is up on this mountain. And he has called unto them whom he would, and they came. And he ordains them. This ordination is to distinguish them between two different houses. Peter was to belong to the house of Abraham. And he had the key to that to that church world of Abraham. But these others, they were separated right at the forefront, especially by these two brothers who it was revealed they were sons of thunder. He surnamed them Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder. And... Andrews obviously was surnamed Sons of Thunder, and Philip, surnamed Sons of Thunder, and Bartholomew, surnamed Sons of Thunder, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, and the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judah is carrot, which should also betray him. And then our they went into the house after it was over. Ladies and gentlemen, all of the disciples, all of the disciples except Peter, were sons of thunder. All of them. Some would say, oh, well, that, that's not what the, the list meant. I mean, that was just meant, referred to those two sons. no. Those two sons were under them. Why do you think it was that, that those two sons, you, you know, went to their mother and also came to Jesus and said, you know, 
uh, I would pray that you will allow us to sit on your right, on your right, the side of your throne. And Jesus said, it is not for me to give this to you. Only the Father can make this choice. Only the Father can make that decision. Well, that made so much sense. Because the Father was connected. The Father's house in heaven called Arturus. Not a, a spiritual spirit heaven, but a physical heaven. Of It described in the 51th chapter of Isaiah of planting planting the heavens from the foundation of the earth. Our Father which art in heaven. Genesis 1, verse 7. The firmament is heaven. That's the language of God, ladies and gentlemen. That's the language of the Bible. And all of these disciples. And what did Jesus say? Jesus says, I am not of this world, and my disciples are not of this world. They're not of this world. But I am not praying and asking for them to be taken out of this world. Now, there's some people say, you see, Jesus never intended for these disciples to be taken out of this world. That is absolutely a false, a terrible false interpretation. When, when someone is spoken to and said, it is not the time, this is not to happen yet. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. That right there indicates a pause of time. I'm going away. It is, it is not the time for you to come. I have to prepare it. I have to go away and prepare this place. It's chapter 14 of John. But I will come back again to bring you unto myself. So Jesus is not saying, I'm praying that they will be able to leave and go with me. I'm not praying that. I'm praying that they, while they are here on earth, that they will overcome. And like it says in the book of, of Revelations, to he that overcomes, I will give the morning star. Well, the whole revelation, as we'll see as we continue into this teaching, of the morning star and all of that connects to this whole thing of the ladder going up in from earth into heaven, which is Artura. And the Bible is so full of it. And we're going to get into this thing about the thunder. But just before I do, you know, we, we need to look at some very, very important things. We need to understand some absolutely essential things <clears throat> from the Word of God. You know, <clears throat> let's turn to Proverbs 9.1. Proverbs 9.1. Now, Proverbs 9.1 is really a revelation. And it is um, so deeply, beautifully written, obviously a Holy Spirit revelation from God. 
Blessed be the name. Okay. Proverbs 9, 1. And we might even read just a little bit ahead of that because um, it really gives the gist of what Proverbs 9, um, you know, um, <clears throat> 1 is about. Um, you know, uh, it, there, there is in chapter 8, verse 23, or let's say verse 22, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before the works of old. So this says, before the works of old, way, way, way back there, the Lord possessed me. I was set up from everlasting. From the beginning, ever the earth was. From the beginning, before the earth ever was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. This is truly the Seven Thunders book before Genesis. Before the, the earth, before the fountains, before the mountains, before the hills, while as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass, look at that, when he prepared the heavens, I go away to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. If there's not a connection here, then the Bible has no connections. There's obviously a connection. I was with him, I brought up with one, rejoicing in the ways with him in, of delight. Now, chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom, and that's what that was just talking about. Verse 8, verse 1 Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? And then it goes on to say, I was set up from everlasting, verse 23, and all those other scriptures I read. Now verse 1 of chapter 9, Wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewed out her seven pillars. She's killed her beast and mingled her wine, hath furnished her table, hath sent forth her maiden, she crieth upon the highest places of the city. Wow. I want to tell you something. This word and confirmation of these seven designated parts of seven, which I call the confirmation, the seventh confirmation, <coughs> are all part of the connectedness. Look what unfolds in this thing, people. You talk about the tree of life. Well, part of this thing of the wisdom that built her house, and we're going to get into the house thing, but also promises in verse 11. <coughs> For by me, this is God speaking, for by me, Thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. That is the word of God. You know, repeat this with me. For by me, say it, for by me, the days shall be multiplied. Or put it this way, for by God, 
my days shall be multiplied, and the years of my life shall be increased. Say it again. For by God my days shall be multiplied, and the years of my life shall be increased. That's all tied in to this wisdom, to this wisdom that has built her house and hewed out the seven pillars, every one of these pillars of Revelation. Every one of these pillars are part of that part which is a part of the fullness of that revelation. And of course we can't do a teaching on that right now because that would take our whole time and a lot more. But now as we get into this this wisdom that has built the house. And we make the connection of the house with Jacob and his dream of the of the ladder or the staircase or the lattice ascending and descending from the foundations of the earth to heaven connecting to when you pray pray my father my father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven now when you get to the heaven of heavens it's not going to be like that it's not going to be in the heavens of heavens like it is on earth no matter when even the the so-called thousand years is set up will not be the case because the bible tells us that even during that time there will be those who will refuse to come to the lord it's not a time of the whole whole earth perfectly being in accord with believing in Christ and in God. It's very clear in the Bible it is not. So that is certainly not the comparative of the heaven of heavens, but it is the comparative between the earth heaven, uh, pardon me, the earth and the, the uh, Father's house heaven, because they're both physical places. They both are in the subduction zone. And so... First, first uh, Kings seven two talks about the temple called the house of the Lord, and this scripture that says, "I pray not that you take them out of the world," uh, you know that's found in John seventeen fifteen, and it connects to John fourteen, and to Mark three thirteen through nineteen, and Mark three thirteen through nineteen is what I read to you about all of these disciples who are also called sons of thunder and what the sons of thunder means and how it connects to the house of the Lord. The sons of thunder and the house of the Lord are connected. Now, before I get into the sons of thunder and before I get into the, this thing about the house of the Lord, uh, let me just verify something about location-wise. In Revelations 12, 3 through 4, it says that the tail of the dragon drew one-third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. So there's another case of angels descending. Not exactly the same method, but it has a, a relative proximity of meaning. 
Now, <clears throat> you've got Asia Major in the stars, and you have Asia Minor. Most people would better understand it <clears throat> if you said the Big Dipper. The Big Dipper is Asia Major, and the Little Dipper is Asia Minor. Most people are aware of the Big Dippers. Well, this is all interesting information. The handle of the Big Dipper, the last star in the handle of the Big Dipper, points to the star Arcturus. So from the back end of the Big Dipper, the major star there points to the major star Arcturus, which is in Buotis. Now we have the connection of the star Arcturus via the star handle of the Big Dipper, which is Ursia Ur Major. The two stars of the cup, Marat and Dubi, point directly to Polaris. Now we're talking, and this is so important, this is so Im important. We're talking the Big Dipper, and we're talking Ursia Major. On one end, it points to the star Arcturus in the constellation Buotis. On the other end of it, at the cup end of it, two of the major stars, especially the one pointer star, pointer star, points to Polaris, <coughs> which is the the lead star, the foremost star at the end of the handle of the Little Dipper. Then in between Ursia Major, the Big Dipper, and Ursia Minor is the, the long, strung-out constellation of Drago. And the tail of Drago comes around the Little Dipper, which has the seven stars, including Polaris, which is the North Star, to the Earth. However, there was a time, going back in time, that Polaris had in it the star called called Turban. Now I want you to get this. Don't don't lose these points that I'm making because they are so important. Turban, T H U B A N was one time the North Star for the Earth. But now, in a sense, that whole process or pre precession has been
cast out by the procession of it moving and because of God's plan. And now Polaris is the star that is the North Star and it's in in the in the the, the little the little dipper. But the little dipper, remember, is pointed to by the big dippers, two stars in the cup, and the Polaris not only points to the Earth, but it also points to to uh, the Big Dipper, and by pointing to the Big Dipper, it's then connected to the star of the handle of the Big Dipper that points to Arturus. So the star Arturus has a connection to the Polaris star, which is has been used for, for centuries. It, it has been the northern star for a thousand years and has been used by sailors and all kinds of people to, to uh, map out and to find their way as they sail the seas. But the tail of the dragon, this constellation the dra of Drago, takes and it draws down, because remember, it circle, circles the Little Dipper, and it draws down one-third of the stars. So these one-third of stars come from the Little Dipper, uh, Ursia Minor area, which obviously, then, is where the Father's house was located. Because it was actually the Father's house where they were supposed to go, which was where it was set and planned as an operation base when the earth was being created. Now get on to this. But then Lucifer decides, as it describes it in Isaiah, and some things also in, in, in uh, you know, Ezekiel, that he wants to be over all the stars of the heaven. And so he sets up his kingdom in, in Draco, which is, which is dragon, the dragon, which is one of the names that he takes on. He becomes the dragon, the great dragon. So all this story about Satan, about Lucifer, all this story about these stars, which the Bible says in Psalms 19, that... Basically, it describes that, that the handiwork of God and the stars and all these things, there's a line that goes out that the message, the message of all things is written in the stars. It says it. So the message is written in the very stars above us. Paul describes this story, has everyone heard the gospel? He says, yes, they have. For his line, his sound has gone out. And there is no one living that has not experienced this. Obviously, if not consciously, subconsciously. This whole connection is the same connection to the staircase, to the lattice, to the ladder, going up and down from the, 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 the earth to this heaven. 
to which we are now connected by Polaris. Now, Thurban, the star that was once the northern star in the, in the, the body of the Drago, is 250 times brighter than our sun that gives light to the earth. And it's 50 times brighter than the star Polaris. Now, I hope that means something to you people because it does. it is a verification. And when you start getting in this thing about stars, it is gospel. Numbers 24, 17, there shall come a star out of Jacob, prophesying about the coming of Christ. Matthew 2, 2, we have seen his star in the east. Matthew, uh, Revelations 22, 16, the bright and morning star. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout and the voice of an archangel. 2 Thessalonians 1, 17, the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Now we begin to see how incredible these scriptures are. Judges 5.20, the stars in their courses fought. Job 25.5, even the stars are not peering his sight. Wow. Job 38.7, when the morning stars sang together for joy. Psalms 148.3, praise him, you stars of light. Psalms 147.4, he telleth, telleth us the number of the stars. Also Revelations 5.11. Isaiah 14.13, Lucifer desires to set his, his throne above the stars of heaven, which ends up being Drago. So now we know that this, above the stars of heaven is exactly where Drago is, which is above Asia Minor, the Little Dipper. And so now we know that the Bible is very clearly showing that the Father's house is in that area. And this dream of Jacob from, from the, the earth up to the heaven, and, the, and my Father which art in heaven, Thy kingdom come. And Lucifer wanted to set himself up above it. Wow. Even when we get into Revelation, the language is stars. The seven stars and of the seven angels. That's Revelations one twenty, Revelation six thirteen. The stars of heaven shall fall to the earth. It's the language of the Bible, folks. It is the language of the Bible. And people have not gotten into that. They have not understood. We know in Revelations 9-1, a star falls to earth and is given the key to the bottomless pit. That turns out to be a satanic thing that happens. But it is still called a star. We know that even in the, in the measurement of Jerusalem and all of that, in Revelations 21.17, the measure of a man is the measure of an angel.
All right. Let's get back to some of these other connections. We talked about this thing of the thunders. There are a lot of connections that can be made. We talked about this thing of the house. There are a lot of connections that can be made. And it is amazing, absolutely amazing, of all the connections that God wants us to understand. It's absolutely awesome as to how that God is opening this revelation in our time. Opening it so that we can see with our eyes wide open this revelation of the seven thunders. And how that throughout the Bible there are scriptures like Psalm 77, 18. The voice of thy thunder was in thee, thee, heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Psalms 81, 7, the secret place of thunder. The seven thunders mentioned in Revelations 10. Verse 3 in the connected scriptures and Revelation 16, 18. All of these connections, there are so many scriptures, beautiful scriptures. I'm going to give you more of these, but we probably won't be able to get into them until next week because, you know, we're running out of time. But I'm going to give you more of these, Lord willing, next week, of the thunders and the connection of the thunders to the sons of thunder and all of that kind of uh, connection, which is so very, very, very important. But now to the house. In Genesis 7-1, it says, Thou and all thy house come into the ark. Now, it wasn't talking about going out and getting a moving company to move the house that they lived in, the houses they lived in, and put them into the ark. But the people were called the house, meaning, you know, the, 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 the genetic-wise, uh, the sons of, of a father and daughters of a father. That was a house. Numbers 2, 32 and 34 says the house of the fathers. Number two uh, of, of um, chapter two of Numbers, 40 and 42, uh, you know, talks more about this thing of the fathers. The father's house, the house of the fathers. Joshua twenty two fourteen talks about each prince was a chief house or was the chief of the father's house. So the language is ex it's the same language Jesus was using. In my Father's house, specifying a particular group, a particular 
genetic connection, the house of the fathers, Numbers 2, 32 and 34. Numbers 2, verses 32, 34. Number, chapter 2, number, uh, verses 40 and 42. Joshua 22, 14. Judges 6, 14 through 16. Speaking about the least in my father's house. And there's the house of Israel. And 1 Kings 7, 50. Solomon builds the house to the Lord. Psalms 127, 1. Except the, the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain to build it. Then there's the spiritual aspects. But that doesn't one doesn't take away from the other. Second Corinthians five one. If this earthly house is dissolved, we have a building not made by hand. Then we have the church kind of house. Colossians four fifteen. The church which is in the house. Then we have Hebrews three six. Christ as a son over his own house, which house we are. (laughs) Are you getting this connection between the stars and the house? 1 Peter 2, 5, we are lively stones. We as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. Wow. A holy priesthood. That's all connected to the house. In my Father's house are many stars. That's one of the meaning of the word mansion. Are many stars, but then we know now what stars are. We know that the angels are called stars, and the Ophanim were angels. We used to be angels. We're still angels, but in have fallen into matter, so you can't really appreciate by looking at the matter of our bodies uh, the, the the stardom ship that we once had. But we can know it mentally and spiritually. And we can see then that these people that have tried to make this big thing about a physical house, the, the temple in, in Jerusalem, uh, or all of these things are just metaphors of the Father's house. How do we know this? Because the Bible says it. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that that John looked up and he saw that the Ark of the Covenant was in the temple in the house of heaven. In heaven. It's talking about the Father's house. So the covenant which has been the Ark of the Covenant which has been lost is not really lost. The Bible says it's in the Father's house has been taken there. That's where it is. We've got to get this story straight. We've got to get it right. You have to also understand, in this Melchizedek nation revelation, and of the, of, the, of the two different bosoms, the bosom of the Father and the bosom of Abraham, that these represent, on the one hand, Urja Minor, the Big Dipper, and on the other hand, Urja Minor, the Little Dipper. You've got the little sheepfold, you've got the big sheepfold. They're of two different statures. The Bible tells us that when the New Jerusalem is built, that it is going to be, it is going to be 
of the nature that the little Jerusalem is not a little Jerusalem anymore. The temple is not a little temple anymore. This temple that's coming down is miles and miles and miles long and miles high. And it's a planetome that's coming down from heaven. It's been made in heaven and it's coming down on the earth to be the new Jerusalem. All connected, this heaven is the Father's house, which is Arturus. Or not Arturus, but Artura. Wow. Yes, I would, I would like to take you miles further. There is so much more to share. These scriptures that I read to you, it'd be nice to break them down and talk to you about them. You know? There's a scripture in the New Living Bible. And it says, For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. Psalms 92.13 in the New Living Bible. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. Psalms 92.13. First Kings 7.51 My name shall be there. Revelations 3.12 Pillars in the temple of my God. The seven pillars of wisdom read to you in Proverbs. This whole connection. My Father, which art in heaven, thy kingdom come. People have been praying that prayer and don't know what they were praying. Didn't know. And now it's being manifested to you what it really means. It means that this revelation had to come, needed to come was was des- absolutely destined to come and the voice print of of forensic evidence was was spoken in the soundtron as described in the 19th chapter of psalms and psalm 77:18 and the voice of thy thunder was in the heaven and the lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. And the seven thunders. The mystery of God is not finished until the seven thunders have all, all, all revealed. Revelations 10, verses 1 through 8. And the voice described. Isaiah 30. 30, verse 30 through 32. Oh, folks. We will continue next week. What an exciting adventure. And remember, soon, one of these days, we'll be taking that trip, that energy dot trip. God bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Any of you out there that need healing of your bodies, I pray that the Holy Spirit will reach over this broadcast into your body and heal. If you haven't read 
in Star Rise community. Part two of the Melchizedek Nation. You need please to get in there and read that. And please do make your comments. It's so important. Whenever you can make comments, please do make them. God bless you. We love you.